0: Hey guys, welcome to CPL Fever. It's Jack Lauren here. And today, Andrew and I are going to be interviewing super nice guy and FC Edmonton left back, Duran Lee. How's it going, Duran?
1: Hey.
2: How's your your training session?
1: So today, um, we just did like just quick feet work, you know, passing, short passing, long passing and then at the end we did sprint. It was just okay. like this explosive stuff, just just keep the legs going, like nothing like rigorous because today was really hot, it was like 30 degrees today. So yeah, it was just stuff like that. All right, well, did you hear yeah. the good
2: news about uh, La Liga? It's coming back.
1: Yes, uh, it was a June, is it a June 8th? Yeah,
2: that's yeah. what Jack told
1: me. Is so. it June 8th? Yeah, something like that. And then I think they are going to start the actual season June 12th, right? That sounds good. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, but it's, I've heard here I could be wrong that um, the, the league is looking to start training here June 1st. So, the next Tuesday, I think that day is, next Tuesday. Not this Tuesday, but the following one. Um, so, I heard about that. That's all I heard. So, hopefully, it's true because, like I said, like, it's just tough just to stay home and not really do much. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But, Liga starting in. The Le Bundesliga is already, they kicked off their second weekend already. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking so, of soccer,
2: yeah, yeah. So, how did you fall in love with, with soccer?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I think just watching it a lot when I was a kid. I think uh, I was just one of the, I and I know this kid I was I was like one of those kids that would sit down as soon as I come from school. I'm watching whatever games on. I don't care what league it is. I don't care what team. I'm always watching. And then there's there's this conversation between basketball and soccer. So I was like, okay, I love watching basketball, but I didn't want to watch it like as dedicated it was to watching soccer. So I did, that's why I think I just came from that just from watching. I wasn't really so much playing it because when you're a kid, you don't really know what you really like. So I just decided, okay, you know what? Let me commit to soccer, and that's where I fell in love from watching it.
2: Really? Yeah. So yeah. So why? Like so, uh, I mean, so you just came home, and I guess, mm-hmm. I guess you catch the games, like because they usually start at like uh, what, like two forty-five?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like even even then, when I was, I like saved, Champions I League like games. And nine, ten I was, I was so into in Champions League that I am now, and mm-hmm. now like I know more details about it, like the tactical stuff. But before. Like, I would just watch, and I, I almost call it, like, a phenom. Like, I was just watching just to watch. I'm hearing this 11-, 12-year-old, 9-year-old kid that's always wanted to watch soccer all the time, and I still do it. But just something I grew into, it, and it's just, like, I realized, like, this is, like, I really love watching this. Because that's yeah. kind of, like, an outlier
2: yeah. Yeah. thing, like, just picking yeah. it up yourself. Like, was it, did you watch with your parents, or do you have siblings? Yeah, or? no,
1: actually, someone somebody asked asked. Uh, sorry, someone asked me this yesterday in an interview. They asked me, like, was the, my parents somebody to go watch it? No, I just something I just picked up. Like it wasn't like a friend yeah. that was watching that I, I wanted to copy them. It was just, I just picked up the remote and I just started watching. And then the moment I started watching, it just, I kept going, I kept watching, I kept watching, I kept watching. And if there was no games on, I'll go on YouTube, I'll type in the players. see his highlights, like teams. Like And now, fast forward now when I'm 25, it's just like, I'm still doing the exact same thing. So wow. yeah, I, I almost call it a phenom. Like just to just, yeah. just, just, just be committed to something like that. Yeah, I still do it.
0: Yeah.
1: So do and, you,
2: yeah, so whoa. do you think that that you're watching, you know, at such an early age, kind of allowed you to cut, to, to to understand positionally things quicker than maybe other people, um, so you could kind of advance yeah. tactically better.
1: Yeah, I I, I remember I told uh, a few kids this last year that the way I learned the game wasn't me playing; it was me watching, mm-hmm. right? Because but the only thing I was missing that I couldn't pro- what my brain was telling me to do, my feet wasn't matching it. So I didn't have, like I was saying like before to you guys, I wasn't as good as I am now, but mm-hmm. I understood tactical stuff. Like I would sit, yes. uh, go on YouTube, type type in tactical, four, three, 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 four, two, three, five, two, like all that stuff. I, like, at like such a young age. And then now, like if someone asks me questions about it, I can break it down to them, every little detail of it. So I've always just, always just loved it. So I think the reason why I am where I am now, yes, you gotta be good, but it's cause I was watching it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, what's your favorite so, formation? Because you said you yeah. can um, talk about a formation, so I'd love mm-hmm. to hear you talk about your favorite formation.
1: So, favorite formation is four three three. I'm still always a 43 fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting because
2: water- I picked up this thing on Twitter the other day about the death of the uh, uh, the, the straight number ten, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, it was saying that you know guys like Mesut Ozil and stuff that that are just purely cams. And, yeah. and can't defend they're kind of struggling because you know a lot of teams now they they kind of need more like two eights as opposed yep. to like just that 10 that doesn't have any defensive responsibility yeah so yeah so that's that's pretty yeah. interesting
1: that's why i think players like that that like you just said like they they're the reason why you have them in your team is because they're so good attacking minded like there's mm-hmm. their, their mind is so good in at attacking third so you have to utilize that to the best of their ability. So the best way to do that is just give them the responsibility of not defending. Just focus on attacking. Like mm. I don't miss, he's probably the, he is the greatest ever. If you see him, he's walking around the field. He's not chasing nobody because yeah. he's dribbling so much <laughs> during the game. So he exerts his energy and dribbling. So you can't tell him yeah. you got to chase back and defend because then how he's going to have the energy to attack. So I think nowadays, like you see a lot of teams doing now, like, the best defense is the best attack. You know, we keep saying within our team like we're coming in. We have so much talent; it's it's unbelievable. And the tactical ideas that Jeff has for us, it makes everything so much easier. We're on the same page, and we've only been training for two weeks before the shutdown.
2: Yeah, yeah. I met yeah. I met Jeff um, actually. I ran into him because he's from Halifax. So yeah, I saw yeah. him just yeah. I saw him hanging out at the because uh, because Jack's a ball boy, so I had right. to take him like two hours early. Anyhow, so right. I just saw him there, and I'm like, "Hey, Jeff, how's yeah. it going?" And yeah. you know, he was he's he, a friendly look, guy, so
1: you know he's he's. I don't know if he's a better coach or a better man, because for both, he's really good. you know. And it's funny, because he never played professionally, so you would think a guy who didn't play professionally is not going to be that good as a coach. Yeah, he's never played okay. professionally. I didn't know that until he told me. But the ideas that he has, even after training sometimes, I go to him, and I go to him every other session, and we talk little details of what he wants me to do in particular to kind of better the team. So once I have that, and the more we do it, the more we're going to be on the same page. And like for me, that's why I say, like, he for me will be up there as one of the best coaches of the year this year. You know, yeah. I, I, I he has my vote because he's he's very smart. He knows his stuff. Okay,
0: I'm excited to see FC Edmonton this year. Yeah, gonna... We're
1: gonna, yeah, we're gonna be good. We're gonna be. I was telling Roger, you he say he thinks Your clan is gonna win the league. I said no. Watch out for us. So that's gonna be good. But I see Halifax is doing good too. I have a yeah. lot of good signings, a lot of international. Yeah. So everyone's gonna be gunning it out this year.
0: Yeah, I think it'll, this year it'll be a lot closer, and it won't. Yeah, yeah and it won't be really cavalry and forge running yeah. away with it
1: <laughs> yeah because i think you have a lot of uh, the league's getting more recognition so you have a lot of international mm-hmm. guys coming in especially from south america look how many brazilians yeah. are in the league now right yeah. right so they're coming in they're coming in and then next you know it's gonna because that's 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 beyond that. that's what attracts a league the more international foreign players you have the better the league becomes because they, they have so much talent look at mls right now MLS is booming right now just because they have all these foreign players coming in right right so i think that's what makes it good and like i said this is a canadian league for canadians but you need to have that international flair but the right international flair right yeah, yeah. i think there's
2: there's how many international spots are there on the seven
1: on the rosters seven. yeah seven. so yeah. i think the only team that's kind of really haven't done much with the internationals is pacific they only have the one guy from club america and mexico everyone else okay. is canadian all the really? other i think it's 22 guys are canadian
2: yeah Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of good. Like you know, so Stephen obviously has the idea that he wants international players to be good. He has his Brazilians. He has his Jamaicans on there. So his Trinidadian still with Rampy and Akeem. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know it's still there. And I think Peter is also uh, he's still considered a European. He's still German, right? He Doesn't have his Canadian passport. I don't right? know. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I'm not sure. so I think he still fall under the, uh, the international spot. But I mean, he's still a good player. So it's a good trade. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: So your natural position is obviously center back, right? No. <laughs> good joke. That's
1: a good one. No, it's not. Yeah.
2: Not back. Yeah, because because yeah. Uh, because for the for the the, the wanderers when you came to the wanderers, um, yeah. and also when you're playing with um,
0: Vaughn.
2: With Vaughn, yeah, you were you're you're playing centre back at both those positions, yeah, right?
1: Both both those, yeah, yeah.
2: So how I mean how is that how is that playing uh, playing centre back because obviously, you know I get the sense from you that you you, you kind of really have a zest for for kind of getting forward you like yeah. the kind of ambitious running back and forth like yeah. the wingbacks have to do yeah. I mean how is that how is that to play to to, to to kind of be play center back and yeah. you know not not be able to take the same kind of risks that maybe you feel like you you have the ability to
1: mm-hmm. um you know Playing center back for Vaughn and Halifax, I think there, there was a difference um, for playing for both. I think with Vaughn, there's a little bit more of a leeway. So like I had a longer leash, you can kind of do what I want. Obviously, I'm a center back, so I can't just be dumb and just go attack. I had to kind of also have that defensive responsibility because yeah. I am the last man back. But when I was there with, under Patrice, even though I only had him for that year, um, he gave me so much opportunity to just express myself the way I wanted to play. And in return, well, actually, the way it's funny how it worked, because I was actually, I defended so much better. I felt like I defended better, actually, in Vaughn than I did for Halifax. And I understand that like, the level was lower, obviously, in League One than it is in, in CPL, of course. But I think him giving me so much opportunity and expressing myself in the attacking actually made me be more aware defensively. Because I am me so much fun attacking, so much fun passing, doing all these short passes that he wants us to do. And I said, okay, I'm doing this, but there is that part where I have to defend. Now, with Steven, Steven taught me the whole like, He taught me a whole other side of center back I never saw. Like these small touches yeah. I got to do to get out of space, get out of pressure. And I think one of the things he taught me was side pressure is no pressure. And I always will remember that. I will never forget that. But I think in Halifax, it was kind of more of just like just doing whatever it takes, but doing the way that he wanted it, which I understand. But you got to yeah. kind of gel yourself to the way the players are because you're signing these players for a reason. So I think the coach, he said that to the players the way they are. because he brought me in because he thought I did good for Vaughn. So mm-hmm. if he thought I was doing good for Vaughn, he should kind of adapt himself to saying, okay, let me let Durant play. Let him play the way he wants to. And at times, I'm honest, like, I didn't feel like I had the responsibility to do what I want. I was really defensive. So, you know, that's why... And then he did kind of find that Patrice told him that I do play left back. So he understood that's why I'm attacking so much. Because there'd be times where I would attack. There'd be times where I would attack, and he would kind of tell me to sit back. Right? Mm-hmm. So I had to come with that, but... Yeah, both of them had their ups and downs, but for me, I learned a lot with Patrice. I also still learned a lot under Steven.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. what do you mean by side pressure is, is no pressure? What does that yeah,
1: mean? Yeah, so pretty much like, let's say if you have the ball yeah. and your left foot as you said, and I'm applying pressure to your right foot, you're still able to dribble past the ball with your left foot yeah. because you don't have the ball on your right foot, you have the ball on your left foot. You can just position your body to go in between the man and the ball.
2: Gotcha. So
1: that's what you're talking because there'll be a lot of times where a guy will come on my right side. And I kind of panicked a little bit, I thought he could possibly win the ball. So he brought me to the side, and said, if someone applies pressure to your right side, you can just hold them out with your right arm, because it's not a foul, yeah. right? And you can kind of get in between, and you just make that pass, it. or you can just take that touch with your stronger foot. Same thing yeah. if your if you're right foot is being put pressure on your left. So things like that, so I just, and once he taught me that, my game expanded so much, just from that one thing he said. Really? I, okay. Like, like um I think it was before it was after the Valor game. After my first game actually, he told me this. Mm-hmm. And that was game we lost to nothing. And then we played Edmonton, I think Edmonton and Forge and we tied, I think, three, four games in a row. But my ideas of the way I wanted to play expanded just from that those little few words. Mm-hmm. So now I'm dribbling with, with the ball on my left side, guys playing pressure on my right, but I'm not nervous anymore. Because they're not really gonna win the ball. If they do, yeah. they're gonna have to foul. So that was the biggest thing I learned um from Steven and I just took it from there, and then my game expanded after every single time. Now, the results weren't always there, but little by little, I did improve. So that was kind of mm-hmm. the big thing that made me I am with the center back position.
0: Yeah, and you, it sounds like you've had some great coaches, and I'm sure they're amazing coaches. Right. Um, but what was the best advice you've ever, ever received from a coach? Because they're all so... Um, good at because you've told us so many good pieces of information how are you gonna choose one
1: the best advice Wow that is actually a tough one I would say it was that when I was at TOC on the Jim breddon it was mm-hmm. my second year so I was 18 or 17 I think i was 17 yeah um, I remember he told me yeah uh, there you have you have no potential to go professional like you're not good enough to go professional now Later down the road, I I understood he was just saying that to give me motivated. He didn't actually mean um, (laughs) that he didn't think I could go professional. But I remember when he said that, I got so mad. I was so frustrated at him and everyone. And two years after that, so I was like 20 or whatever, 19, I remembered that again. I remember the way he said it. I remember it was raining in the training session. I was was going through a bad run of form. I wasn't training well. I wasn't playing well. And he said, there's no way you're going to go professional. You have no ambition. You have no ability to do it. And I took that, and I, every single time I trained, whether it was with the team or on my own, I, I always kept playing that in my head over and over. It was like a real psychological thing. Keep kept playing in my head, I'm not good enough. I can't go professional. There's no way. Even if I do where to go, I'm going to get released. Like, I'm not good. And I took that, and I remember I told them, uh, you're the reason why I, I think I went to this level. So it was actually it wasn't the advice that I was on the positive side. It was more on the negative side, but it turned out to be a positive. So, yeah, him telling me that I'm not good enough at all. And he obviously, he used some cuss words, obviously, in that yeah. sentence. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying. But from there, yeah, I took it as, with a grain of salt and just, you know, it turned into something really good.
2: So at that point at that point in your, in your development, did you start practicing more or, or putting in more time or working on your, your, your weak spots or your weak foot?
1: Like yeah, more, so than, I,
2: more than you did before?
1: Yeah, so my weak foot right now is still very terrible. I always will say that's still not good. But I actually was paying attention more to the detail of the way I was playing. So I was really working on my strength to make them become almost an impossible thing to stop. And then I was also had that part where I was working on my weakness so they can become a little bit of a strength. Right? So I was paying attention to every single little thing. And I'm just, I was still a teenager at the time. I was, yeah. And then, then the way I was watching soccer, it changed as well. So instead of me because you know how you, when you watch soccer the cameraman only follows the ball yeah. i actually would watch the guy in my position even if the if it yeah. feels like he's going off camera i would actually watch where he would be so if the if the ball's on the right hand side i have to see what the left back is coming in in the defensive shape yeah. so i would watch things like that all from those little words it's funny how like little words can really change your mind on anything mm-hmm. so that's kind of why it was for me it was a detail if the attention to detail i was focusing on even when i train some kids like when i do i tell them if i tell you pass to your right foot you have to pass it to the right foot if you don't you start all over again so little things like that it will make you grow and grow and next you know it becomes like such an immune thing right mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah and that's interesting because you know watching the game is is different from being there live um yeah. you know because yeah. because of the camera angle sometimes i wish they'd have just like a an overhead I, camera angle that, or, 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 or like a second camera that you could just choose. Yeah, like if you, like, I, I know it's not the, the most appealing for everybody, but like, yeah. it would be so instructive for certain people. Right. But you know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, when, when, when I started playing, you start to realize how important the communication is on the field. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that at all before because you know, you don't hear that on TV cause you can't, you can't hear that. Right. Um, but but you start to hear you know what they're what they're saying or when you go to the, the live game like in mm-hmm. in in the Wanderers grounds for example where right. we, where we first saw you play, right. you know you can hear the players you know not even as as clearly all the time yeah. you can hear you can hear what they're saying and right, right. you know
1: the right. crowd can I obviously think, the yeah. players can
2: obviously hear what the crowd is saying especially exactly. if you're if you're a visiting yeah. guy and they're yeah, they're yeah. Heckling and I think you. now
1: right now with with there being no fans obviously the is starting first. I think this is good for the young kids. So like for someone like you, Jack, this is good because you can actually hear what they're saying. Yeah. Like, right Telling players to tuck in, push in, step up. You can actually hear it now because yeah. there are no fans to make noise. So I think this is the best time right now for young kids or even teenagers to really be in tune with the game with no fans because yeah. you can hear everything they're saying. Now obviously they're mm-hmm. saying some outrageous thing, but you can hear every little thing they're saying. So I think for yeah. you in particular, you should really focus on that. Not really so much of the ball, of just what they're saying and guys in your position so you can kind of replicate what they're doing onto the field and now because of that because like you said you can't really hear what they're saying when the game's going on it's so loud but now there's no fans at all now there's no excuse you can actually hear everything they're saying and these are the top 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 pros right so i think that's the best time yeah i I realized that like wow you can hear every little thing they're saying yeah yeah
0: and it was was so interesting when i was a ball boy to hear um all the players talking because yeah because like Daddy said, and you said, um, yeah. you don't hear those things on TV. Right. <laughs> but like, it was just so amazing to hear all the words. Because when yeah. I was the first, when, my first time being a ball boy, I really didn't realize that they talked that much. I thought it was kind of a si- more silent yeah. game. Yeah. But yeah. no, it's really loud.
1: But you know, sometimes you can play with your teammates so much, you actually don't even need to talk. It's almost yeah. just a simultaneous thing of like, you just know your player is going to come into position. And that's the stuff that comes into training all the time, working on the field. So, there is that communication for it, but sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Like if I'm playing with someone I know really well and has been there with me through the through the rough times, I know even if I look over my right shoulder, my left shoulder, he's there. So it's not really you only have to talk in moments like, listen, if we're in this position, you got to be here. Mm-hmm. So that 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 only comes repetition, 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 repetition. That you will realize that you don't need to communicate because sometimes the best action is just not say anything. Just it just, it's, it just oh. speaks of your of your of your play. Yeah.
2: So yeah. So you might you might uh, win the the nicest guy in the CPL award. you A few people told me this. Exactly. Yeah, you're, yeah. 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 <laughs> like because I remember the first time you came uh, and uh, played, right? And then yeah. And yeah. Then you you walked over to the uh, to to the stands and and Jack was a ball boy there. I, yeah. I got yeah. a couple pictures of you. That picture is actually on our on our site CPL Fever. Oh,
1: okay. Actually. All right. All um, right.
2: That's yeah, said. but but yeah you were just kind of shaking hands and and mm. and so, that, so that's nice so but this leads into a question right yeah so the question is you're obviously a friendly guy very happy jovial right yeah um yeah. and yet soccer is a very especially at this level it's a very aggressive yeah. you know game um right. you could you could even say cutthroat so yeah. how do you kind of go from happy duran to like on the field?
1: You know, badass yeah. Duran. Yeah, you know? no, because, you know, my mom, uh, there was a time where I would get so mad after games, and my parents would get so mad that they would say, oh, you got to watch your attitude. I got a really, really bad attitude uh, if I didn't play well or we lost or something like that. So I was just like, okay, I need to change my attitude. I was always, I've always been a generally nice guy. So it's funny because when the game starts, like, there's a switch. Like, I just, like, I, I compare it to, like, a Russell Westbrook. He's so nice off the court, but on the court, he's, he's a different thing. But what I've learned is um, people are going to judge you not on the way you play. They're going to judge you off, right? So if you have a bad game or your team loses, regardless if you play well or not, you can't translate what you did on the field to off the field
0: because you have
1: young kids watching, and those young kids are going to replicate what you do. They're actually not going to replicate what their parents are doing. They're going to replicate the player they want to emulate. So I have that in my mind. I've learned that, especially under Danny Diccio. He always taught the professionalism of the game and – you know, I said, OK, how do you set an example, not just from your play, but an example in terms of what kids want to be? Like kids want to be this nice guy, but they also have that dirty side where they play in a game. So when I'm in the game, I'm like, so intense. I, I get really, really mad. Right. But I also have that spot where I say, OK, I have to understand that there are kids watching. And you are going to say a few words here and there because it's, a, it's the moment of the game. And Jack, as you get older, you probably will learn that on your own. But you always go. Always have to have that part to yourself where you say, "Okay, the game's done. Acknowledge your fans, you know. Acknowledge your kids, you know. And this and that." Because there's even some kids I even said, to them, "How do you think I played?" And they always say, "Oh, you played really good. You, you play, oh, I love the way." And I said, "No, no, no. Be honest. Like you can tell me if I didn't play good or whatever." But yeah, like it's so funny. Like I had a countless amount of friends that told me you're so nice off, off the field, but now on the field is different. Like I'm swearing and all this aggressiveness and all that stuff. But I say it's just that's the competitive side of Durant. But there is that other side that people see most of the time, which is this side right now. So yeah, so it's a completely different thing. I, so I don't really like the way I am like that on the field, but you know, I, I feel like it fuels me, helps me to like really focus on the game.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you were talking about how like kids wanting to be like their favorite players. So as a kid and even now, who do you try and emulate in your game?
1: So now I know I will not talking about Falls of Davies, and my friend mm-hmm. said uh, if I'm going to be the next of Davies, said no, no, no. Father Davis is on another level right now. He's, he's gone. Uh, but overall, I felt, I've always tried to emulate Jordi Alba. He's mm-hmm. still my favorite left back just because the way he moves about with the field, the way he links up with Messi, the amount of goals he's, he's assisted with Messi when he dribb- makes a run in behind and he crosses mm-hmm. it, kind of cutting back towards 18-yard box, I've always wanted to replicate that. And obviously that's probably comes with repetition with them. So I've always tried to copy him. The way he tracks back, he's, he's just running straight, coming back into his position to cover J.R.P.K. Mm-hmm. So I've always tried to copy that. But in terms of flair, a little bit of skill, maybe like a Marcelo. Because the mm-hmm. way he does the tricks, and I can't do the tricks like him. I don't have the skills like him. But I try to do that. So I think people kind of get the misunderstanding. I'm so tall, so I think I don't have control. I can't dribble a ball. But then when they actually see me play, it's like, wow, for a guy your size, you're, like, you're so technical. I because I try to copy what these guys mm-hmm. do. I, 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 sometimes I tell myself, I wish I was like a 5'6". Instead of being like 6'2". Because I feel like if I was 5'6", I got a little center of gravity, I got better technique, I'm better at this and better at that, you know. But obviously, you know, you can't get everything you want. But yeah. I, those are the two players. And Jordi Alba is still to this day my favorite player to watch. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's, he is so, fun
1: to watch. Yeah, I And
2: I, like
0: him a lot. And Dangerous. Uh, I wanted yeah. to know, how did you get so technical?
1: Just, just, just always just training. I, there's there's no secret. There's no like hidden gem. There's no. It's just training, 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 training. It's just, that's all it is. Just keep training. Keep working on your technique. There are going to be so many times where it's, your technique's not good, but keep going. That's, that's that's the only thing I can say. Like there's no like secret sauce that I would call it. It's just keep doing it.
2: But were you like naturally talent, like, like were you like the best player yeah, at your, nope. at your, on your team at a certain time? Or? Nope,
1: never. I was never the guy that people look up to to play. I was never that guy. I was always that guy that wanted to copy the best player on my team. Mm-hmm. I was never that guy that was the most technical. I, I was the fastest, but that was, that was, I was getting annoyed at that part of my game. I didn't want to be the, known as the I want to be more known as the guy who can make the pass, the guy who can dribble, the guy who has a good touch. I wanted to be known as that guy. And that's what happened when I, went to, when I was in Chelsea in England. I got the best sportsman-like award. And I didn't want that award. I wanted a award that showed my skill. So best defender, best whatever. So I didn't get that. And I really was upset. But no, I was never the best player. So what I did, I just kept working on my game. Working and working. And I can officially say now to this day, like I have such a really good touch for someone that had absolutely nothing. I, I would tilt up on the ball. I wouldn't even dribble. So it's yeah. really, it's really amazing. It makes me so happy to see how I've grown, how much I've grown as a you player. You would toe punt it, you said? I oh toe punt, oh yeah, toe punt. I would have been like do lace, it'd be a toe punt. Okay. Oh, I, I, I needed to, to ask my mom to send me some clips. home. the way I was as a player, it was I mean, like watching it was so bad. It was really, <laughs> yeah. really bad. Like you know, and that's why you understatement. So it's crazy how much I've grown, like to this day so
2: how'd you get to yeah. to chelsea tell me about yeah. about that so that
1: so that yeah so it was um how old were my you old at that time i was i think i was, I was 12 or 13. it was when i probably entering almost high school um or yeah something something like that and um my old coach john botello who's from portugal he was coaching my um old team Bantam soccer club and he had like a little connection to chelsea so i you know i just said i want to go because i was always watching soccer. i want to go i want to go so I went with my dad, me and my dad went, and um, another uh, dad and their kids went. It was like three, six of us that went. We went, it was supposed to be just a fun thing. It, wasn't, it was just to go spend our money, enjoy the experience, and come back. So I went there, and I went there. You got guys from Saudi Arabia, Germany, Brazil, all, Spain, everyone was everywhere. We were there for about a few weeks. So I was just playing, and they called me Rio Coker because I had a low haircut, and they were saying I was playing like him. I'm like, Rio Coker, he used to play for Acevilla. And I was just playing whatever. And I was doing really good. And I was like, wow, like, Duran is doing good in, in Chelsea, one of the most recognized academies in the world. So at the end, I told you, I get this question, like, where to come back? And two weeks later, me being back home, I get a letter in the mail. And it's from Chelsea Academy. And the uh, academy director at the time, I don't remember his name. And in the letter, the first letter, when I got before I went there the first time, it said, dear participant. So they acknowledged who I was, anything like that. This letter acknowledged who I was. It said, dear Duran Lee. So I acknowledged, oh, I'm, I'm actually a human being. And then it said, uh, this is the, whatever his name was, this is the Academy Director of Chelsea FC. We really enjoy the way you play. And these were like, there was like four or five letters. And this and that, he said, uh, we will come, but the only thing we, I had to cover, or my friends had to cover, was just my flight there. Everything else was covered. Is there going to be a month trying? If I do good, I sign the Chelsea FC Academy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I showed my mom. And at that time, my mom was just like, school, 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 school. Nope, everything was school. So I showed the letter, and I was a young kid, so I couldn't really vouch for myself. I showed the letter, she said no, because I think parents, they're afraid of w- w- something might happen to their kid when they go abroad, and she said, no, 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 so there's more letters, more letters, and it never happened, so I remember I went to high school, my first year of grade 9, and I had all these letters saved, and my friend Ray, he just, he was always around me, he saw these letters, and my locker was so messy, I was such a messy kid back then, the letters fell out, and it's funny, one of the letters seeped out of the pile, and it was a Chelsea letter, he read it. And the face he gave me was, like, in utter shock. He couldn't believe it. He, like, read it, and he kept it for himself, and I told him I need it back. And I just threw them out. So I never – just there's, so there's no physical evidence to show that I have these letters. So I threw them out. Okay. So that that's the reason why Chelsea's my favorite team.
0: That's yeah. my little brother's favorite team. Yeah, I, see? I, I like Chelsea, too. Yeah. But I love their academy. That's what yes. I love about it.
1: The system there, the facilities, oh, my gosh. I know they're a lot better now, but – I, I always say, what could have been? What could have been? What could have been? could have been? been? So, yeah. But it's not good to live them in the past anyways. Yeah. yeah. Well.
0: Whenever he sees the logo, he says, Chelsea!
1: Yeah. I'm telling you. For me, they're still the best team in England. I know they're not showing it right now, but they are.
0: I think they have the best academy in England. One of the best in the world. But I think the best is Ajax.
1: Ajax, Barcelona. Fulham yeah. is good, too. Fulham has yeah. a very good academy system. Is it? Fulham okay. is good. Yeah, Fulham is good. So, you
2: also went to Portugal, right? Portugal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, how um, did you get over to,
2: to Portugal? I mean, that's.
1: Yeah. It was, it was kind of the same kind of way, but instead of being a close dude, um, a player on my team actually brought me to this guy that he knows was training just kids that he wants to send abroad. Actually, two kids from there actually uh, had the potential to sign with Benfica Academy, actually. Benfica mm-hmm. Benfica or uh, Braga, uh, who In... had the best. In, Portugal. The,
2: in the, por- in the, in the yeah. camp you are at in Portugal. Yeah,
1: so they have the two best academies in the country, and they both they wanted to sign, them. one kid was from Zach, uh, named Zach, who plays for the New England Revolution Academy right now. Um, but I went over there, and he just said, hey, do you want to go? I said, okay, yeah, I would go. Of course, who, who doesn't want to go to you, especially as a Canadian? So I said, yeah, went. Uh, went there for the first time, went for a week. Um, the team was called Sentinenzi, small town in uh, Cerreta, with three hours from Lisbon. I went, they liked the way I played. They kept calling me Benjamin Mendy we uh, look <laughs> nothing alike but i guess you know black guy left footed it's like okay you're Benjamin Benjamin. So, uh, so, I went, so i went back again uh, this time was for a month a little over a month and um they put me a center back and i'm like i cannot escape this whole center back stuff like you when I go somewhere abroad i'm still playing center back so whatever, i go center back and i did good there um and then i told him listen I, i'm here i need to try left back and it was what well, made it so good. The dialogue was good because a lot of them spoke really good English. Um, so when there's, so they put me a left back, and they just said, yeah, like we need to take this guy. But they're going through such a financial crisis that they couldn't. I guess there's a fee for international players. I didn't know about, but apparently there is. And they never signed me. So they wanted to come. They wanted me to sign actually in January before I ever went to uh, Vaughn. So I wasn't supposed to go to Vaughn, I was actually supposed to be there. Really? You know, a financial crisis, yeah. That, this is a story that a lot of people don't know about because I just kind of say it never happened. So it was, that was the point of really telling you. But yeah, I was never supposed to actually come back. I was supposed to stay there. And then I was supposed to go back to, uh, I, was, I was never supposed to go to Vaughan. I was supposed to stay there. But, you know, I always say it's a blessing in disguise. It's good, something still came out of it good. How's the food in Portugal? Oh, amazing. Oh, my gosh. What's it called? Picanha? Oh, my gosh. Picanha, lettuce, corn, like simple stuff, but it's so good. It's so good. And like it's cheap over there in Portugal. the one of the cheapest countries in Europe. I didn't know it. It's really good. The weather's nice, the water, oh, it's nice. I, it's <laughs> nice. The beach. And then you is ended
2: nice. up in Vaughn. Then I then I go, I go to
1: Vaughan. But you know at least I was home, so you know I can be home. Yeah. That yeah. was yeah. good. Yeah. But and tell me
2: about like, uh, like 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 yeah. with Portugal. What do they what do they do different over there? Do they they focus on on futsal like like what's the, no yeah So it, I
1: think a lot of people get it is it mis- the same so that they think a lot of those guys are technical they play futsal None of those guys actually play futsal there was no futsal training no futsal core anywhere around it does that everything they do is just with the ball the only yeah. thing they don't do with the ball is just stretching like which everyone doesn't do so I think that was just the biggest difference like every single thing they do with the ball like everything fitness everything everything was with the ball so it, it was like hey this makes sense this is why they're at the level they are and when guys do come here, they're on a different level because everything's with the ball. Everything. Left foot, right foot. And like I was saying before, if they say pass it to your right foot and you pass it to someone's left foot, the drill starts all over again. It doesn't matter how long it takes to develop. Right? So that's the difference. It's not like we can do what they can do, but they just do it on a consistent level all the time. All the time. If you tell them to do 10 keepers of the right foot, they'll do 10 keepers of the right foot, 10 out of 10. We will do it maybe five or six out of 10. But they will do it 10 out of 10. That's the difference. And third division in Portugal is a good level, but it's almost as good as CPL. Or CPL is just as good as that level. I I've, I've watched, like, I think five games before I came back here. The level is just as good. But those players, they just think everything two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Everything is two steps ahead. Like, it just is on their level. So I always will say, like, if you really want to test your ability, go over there. Go to there, Spain, or, or some one of those countries, because there you'll realize how good you are, or maybe how not good you are. So for so me, everything is just the ball. So it's what
0: about the, 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 the two steps Portugal? ahead. Oh, what would be, what would you say was the lasting impact of Portugal, um, impact. of being in Portugal?
1: Just, it's just a detail. Like I've always, it's just a detail, just how much they pay attention to everything. Okay. Like, I think what I've noticed here over the years, is that coaches will coach you, but then they'll also start talking to other people there. They have mm-hmm. their hands behind their back, and they're watching everything you do. Everything, from, from even stretching is competitive. And and you're into the worm, and like, it's just, it's like, for me, I I felt like I would have thrived really, really well in that environment. I've always wanted to say, I need to be a part of a team that always focuses on stuff with the ball. But Mm -hmm. obviously it didn't happen like I wanted it to, but for me, that was the last thing, but just the detail they pay attention to, like everything.
2: So do they focus more on, on, um, like, being able to do things with both feet? And then also, also being able to just, just, just do everything with the ball without looking at it, so that they can focus on thinking ahead. Yeah, so Would that be accurate,
1: right? Yeah, so it's kind of universal the drills that everyone does, like the drills we do here, like they do over there. But one thing I have noticed was a particular possession game, and you understand know, a possession game just five against five. You know, pass the ball around, get ten passes, get a point, whatever, whatever. For them, it was the guy in the middle was the most important guy for each team. Every single pass that was made had to be into the middle because everything starts with the middle, they said. Everything. If you want to go forward, it comes from the middle. If you want to go back, it comes from the middle. Everything goes through the middle. So I have actually never seen, out of all the teams I've played on, I've never seen such technical center midfielders ever in my life. Mm -hmm. Every center, even guys that didn't play, every center midfielder, can pass and dribble with the right foot, or, or sorry, the weak foot. Everyone, they can turn on a dime. Pass. One guy actually signed for Benfica. I don't remember his name, but he signed for Benfica. So it's evident. A guy goes from third division in Portugal to the top team in the country. There, it's like everyone is so technical. So there wasn't. There's nothing. There's nothing special. It's just, just everyone just really good with the ball because that's all they do. Everything. It's just really wow. good players. Really good players over there. Wow. Really good. Yeah. it Just. I can almost remember like it was yesterday. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, everyone good.
2: So, so then, you, so you ended up with Vaughn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Missouri, and and then as that was happening, like, were you aware of of the CPL? Um,
1: yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh did yeah, you hear I knew about it. Yeah, I knew about it before I, I while I was in Portugal. I, I started hearing about it more and more and more as the days went on, and I said, okay, I, I you know, like I want to be a part of this, you know, of of, of this new thing going on um but uh there's always there's a, there's a story attached with sigma that i just kind of tell people but it's a, it's an unfortunate story but um yeah i knew about it um patrice right away he never kept anything secret he told me right off the bat if you play well i will get you somewhere he never told me where but he said i'll get you somewhere even when it became a thing that however was going to sign me there's i think there's a little speculation that i had a little injury coming in of an ankle and Stephen wants to share if he wanted to Bring a guy who's already injured, right? Because I'm coming to replace Peter. So, Patrice said, he told, he told Steven, if you don't take Durant, I will have Durant go somewhere else. Like, Durant will go somewhere else. Patrice never told me where. I don't know if it was USL, maybe an CPL team. He never told me. I never asked about it. He knows a lot more than I do. So, just, so I think that's when Steven said, okay, I got to take this guy. Because if I don't, and he goes somewhere that's better, and he does really well, this is an opportunity I missed out on. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that so I think Patrice put the pressure on him, which is why I love Patrice so much. And that's how I, that's that's how it had, kind of what happened.
2: So how did you get on on Stephen Hart's radar? Was it just from the games that that at, at the like was that the first Can time champion? he saw about you? Was yeah, a I think champion or or was he already aware or?
1: You know, there were so many rumors going on. Like I heard it was, he was interested in a few guys from Sigma from the Sigma system because I think it was just a highly Sigma was such a well known team or academy based in 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 the country, but. I, I think it was just so much more obvious. He took notice when I played against him twice or played against um, Halifax twice. I think he took real notice. And, you know, it's easier for a scout or coach to see a player when he's playing against them in person. So right. I think those were the two games that solidified me going there. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's pretty much how it went down. I don't think it kind of went the other way.
2: Was it difficult mm-hmm. to come into, like, a, a pro team midseason? Because, you know, everyone's kind of established and then suddenly you mm-hmm. show up.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, that you must, know what that
2: must have been a little
1: yeah. bit Yeah, I think I think going into any new environments always tough because you don't you try to understand how things work mm-hmm. Right, you don't want to kind of be that guy that just does things on his own If you don't you, you do have the right attention. You just didn't know the rules technically As I just came there. I just wanted to see how things unveiled and then I would just mold myself in but was a little what made it hard though, was just the fact that I was coming to a team that was kind of struggling and I'm not Coming in as a striker where I can change the game just with the goals I scored. I'm the one that's stopping the goals. And I can concede a goal, but we can also win 4 1. We still get the three points. But so, well, the source of the goal scoring that makes the game matter. So I was trying to come in and say, okay, how do I come into a team that's the chemistry is not the best because I know the form is not that good, but I'm coming in where the, the, I still say the fans are the best in the league, there's no comparison. So I'm trying to come in where I'm trying to establish myself as a good app on the team, but also be this really good player that they say they want to come back. So I try to find that balance. And I did, and at times I was I was struggling. I was telling Stephen that listen, I want to be the guy that comes back. I want to be the guy that plays for you. Obviously, I didn't come back, so that's that's, that's an obvious one. But he he really admired me. He really said I I really matured like as fast as I did. Uh, he said that like a lot of guys were kind of like wanted to be around me because like you know i was i just a nice guy on the team. But I told him like you know I I'm not I'm just coming here just to be the nice guy. i you know a lot of I think everyone knew that a lot of guys weren't going to come back. So, yeah, for me, that was the hardest part, I was just coming to a team that kind of wasn't doing so well in the league.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk about FC Edmonton. Um, mm-hmm. So how excited are you to be going to FC Edmonton, and what excites you the most um, oh. to be playing for Jeff Paulus and your new team?
1: Um, So you asked, so you asked the why as well, right? Did I decide to go yeah. to Edmonton? Um, yeah. Yeah, so first why, and just like, he was the only coach that was committed to saying I was going to play left back. Was, mm-hmm. There was no speculation. I, mean, I was going to go center back. Obviously, barring any injury in the left center back position, I would go win. But knock on wood, we obviously hope that doesn't happen. But he was the only one that was consistently saying, you're going to be playing this position. Mm-hmm. So once I heard that and he spoke with my agent, it was kind of like just an easier process. There were other teams that were interested in me and they wanted me to come in and start, but they wanted me to center back. And I, I, I can't play that position before I want to go to a higher level. So that was the reason, and once I got there, it, it just it became so much easier because I was playing my position and I had a coach that believed me in that position. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah. so it must be pretty nice that you had like like a few a few different teams interested in you. Yeah, like yeah, no like at that time, you know, even yeah. though you're playing your this position that you are yeah, like, "No. Don't I look know. at me in this position. Look yeah. at my, look at how I can play the other one over here."
1: But you know what I say about that? I say if I can if I can have teams interested in me in a position I I, it's not like I don't want to play, but I know that's not my best position. Yeah. Imagine the interest I could get from playing my position I've been playing for, for so long. So that's oh. how, so I look at that from the positive aspect of it, but I was saying I can't I don't want to commit to a team that you know, I don't feel like it's 100% believing in me because if I'm telling you I want to play my left-back position and you don't want me to play that, then I don't think you're believing in my full capability or my full potential. So right. I felt that from Jeff right off the bat, and I still feel that like talking with him still and training under him. So that's mm-hmm. why I, I will never regret, regret coming to Edmonton. So that's why yeah. it, it was it was an easy, easy move for me.
0: Yeah. yeah. And how long were you in Edmonton before returning um, to Ontario?
1: Oh, I was... It was. It actually worked well because the last game was in Toronto or in in New York. So I just actually packed yeah. up all my stuff because the team said there's no point in me coming back to Halifax and then flying out the next day. I might as well just pack up my stuff. So after the game, I just went home with my family. It was actually mm-hmm. yeah. So it actually worked well. Where I know some guys have to go back to Halifax, pack their stuff, and go home to wherever they wherever they came from.
0: Yeah. 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 And how though? Um, how long were you in Edmonton before returning to Ontario because of COVID nineteen? Yeah.
1: Um, I think, yeah, it was a, f- a month and a half. I think it was a yeah. month and a half. Yeah. February yeah. till April. No, February till May. So, oh, no. So that was like two and a half months. Two yeah. and a half, three months. Yeah. So I was there for a while.
0: Yeah. And what was your favorite thing about um training with FC Edmonton?
1: In mm. a short amount of time I've been with that team. Uh, I would say it's been... um favorite thing wow i actually don't know there's a lot of good things um uh, you know i'm gonna have to say just the relationship i quickly developed with jeff mm-hmm. i mean that's just that's my favorite thing how i've only been there i've only been training for two weeks and how quickly you were him and i are able to talk about soccer stuff as i like about him the most he's so quick to talk about soccer he wants to talk about football all the time mm-hmm. so i think that's my favorite thing yeah i have a coach a head coach i can always talk to about stuff like that
2: do you find the other players on the team share your passion for kind of watching the game or like your kind of obsession with, with kind of formations and, and tacticalness? Or, yep, yep. or are there players on the team that just, you know, play and don't really want well, to... Well,
1: yeah, I, I, every team has those guys. Every team will have those guys that are only playing the game just to play it. They don't really want to be interested in it off the field. But the one player I will say that is just as interested is Janot, So the my right back or my right back uh, compatriot. For me, the stuff we talked about off the field and we haven't hung out really um, ever since the lockdown became but we would talk like after a session for like a good 15 minutes and I know 15 minutes is a long time but the stuff we talked about felt like a long time. So for me, uh, me and Janelle yeah, me and Janelle definitely for sure. And I think it's good because he's coming in to, to be one of the best right backs in the league and I'm coming to be one of the best left right backs in the league so I think that's why we butthead so well. Yeah. So yeah. So definitely Jano. Yeah, Jano for sure.
0: So if you're watching a UCL um, Champions League Cup final, mm. is he the one who you want to watch it with?
1: Yes, it would be Jano. Jano and my roommate, Jano, Melly, and Eric. But if I had to pick one, I hope they're not listening to this. Oh, they don't listen to this. But I would probably have <laughs> to say, uh, I probably would have to be Eric. Eric. Okay. Eric Zetterberg. Yeah. Yeah, to watch, yeah, but then to talk about on-field stuff, it be, you know. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, so, how big of a yeah? How how was the transition transitioning from League One to the CPL? Um, you know, mm-hmm. did you find it it like a a kind of adjustment in the speed of play?
1: Yeah. So that was that was so yeah. You actually answered it. Yeah. That was the biggest adjustment was the speed of play and how quick you got to react to kind of reading a situation. That was a big difference. But in terms of me fitting into the league, no. I, if I'm if I'm being honest, I didn't find that hard at all. I actually found that relatively easy, just because like you know I've I've worked so hard to get to this point, and when you work hard, so hard for something, when you get there, it's not as hard as you thought. It's actually a lot easier. So I, it had nothing to do with my individual capability of being in the league, or just that, just understanding how fast the game goes. So that okay. yeah, so that was it. Yeah.
0: I also yeah. wanted to talk to you a bit more about being um left back. So were you always a left back or because most players start more forward and then they um become more defensive or go into more of a defensive position so you were you always a left back or were you more of a forward before
1: yeah i was a left winger for Mm -hmm. majority of my youth years and teenage years i only started playing left back when i got to tfc and then it grew more when i was at sigma and and as well i was in college but um but yeah no i only started playing left back when i was at uh, tfc and it was Thomas Rogan who uh, came from Ajax that came in, and he just he saw something that no one, no other coach or trainer ever saw. He just saw me. This guy is not a center back. I I played it so well, but he said he's not a center back. He has to, or a holding man. He has to play this position. And at first I was I didn't want to play. I'm like left back. No no no.
0: And then once I started <laughs> playing it, yeah.
1: Once I started playing it. I just like took on this, uh, like I, I said, my best year ever as a soccer player was when I was 17, my second year at TFC. I was absolutely flying, like every game was just so easy. And it's him, is the, he's the reason why that I am playing left back and I like, love the position. So he mm-hmm. saw something in me and and you have, you have a guy, like you said, Ajax, one of the best academies in the world, coming in from Ajax mm-hmm. to say, no, you had to play this position. So yeah, he saw something in me that no other coach here ever saw. And it took a guy from another continent to come and say that. So yeah.
0: Wow. And,
2: and like, what was one of the things that, that so he, he kind of saw that you were, you were fast and, mm-hmm. and... Um...
1: It, it, I think cause I, I always still had that, that, um, that mindset. Like as, even though I never played left back, I always still wanted to go higher. Like I always felt like I could mm-hmm. be involved with the play. Maybe cause I am fast. So I just would quickly get into, an, uh, into the higher um, side of the field. But he, I think one, one of the things he said was, I was good at dribbling. Now, mm-hmm. my dribbling is a lot better. But my dribbling there was good enough that he said, I can I, I should play this position. The one thing I didn't have that I have now, I was terrible at crossing. I could not cross the ball to save my life. Never. But now my crossing is really, really, really good. So that's the one thing I worked on. But he said, if you want to be a good left back in the world, you have to be able to pick out that final, that final cross or that final pass. So I worked on that a lot. And yeah, so that's kind of how it, it worked out.
0: Right. Yeah. So, what tips would you give for playing left back? Because Dad plays left back.
1: Oh, old tips. So I, I can sure, go all, or, And I'm
0: sure a lot of people who are watching are left back.
1: So, for all the left backs out there, uh, I would say be as attacking minded as you can be. <laughs> I think that would be my best advice be as attacking minded as you can be because it will put so much pressure on their, wing, on their right winger to have to defend you. Cause I, like I said a, a lot earlier, the best defense is a better attack. So if you're attacking and you're attacking, you're high up the field, he has no choice but to have to, have to defend you because now mm-hmm. it's a 2v1. It's You as left back and your left wing against their one right back. No team wants that. So he has to come back and defend you now so it not puts pressure on him. So I would say attack and attack and, you know, like Tom's wrong said, be able to cross the ball. Low drive up in the air, pick out a play. You have to be able to have that because – that would be the reason why you get to the next level and the next level, next level. So that would be my one thing. Attack. Just, even if you're playing for a coach that really wants you to defend, attack. Because he's going to see something that he never saw. So that's what I was saying. Yeah. That's, and, I think
2: that's what Pep was saying in that documentary yeah. we were watching. Yeah. Last yeah. Night. I think
0: that yeah. was what he was saying. You, yeah. If you go forward enough, the right winger will mark you. And they yeah. even if they do, if, even if the winger gets to the ball, yeah. he isn't going to be able to run all all that... Yeah. Way to exactly make a huge scoring op opportun- opportunity. Yep.
2: Yeah. All right. So, what do you what do you eat that makes you so fast?
1: Is <laughs> what do it, I is eat? There, is is there
2: something special that you that you eat? Or <laughs> no, like, do no, you drink a lot I, of
1: water? Uh, like, oh, yeah. So, I drink, I do drink a lot of water now, but that's not the reason. But I say, I I I think it's just it's just like um God given uh, ability that I got. I don't think it, it's not something I've worked <laughs> on. Just <It's, laughs> Everybody is naturally good at something, and that was one of the I was always naturally good. I was just being fast. I was just naturally a fast guy and a fast kid. So no, there's not like I do eat healthy, but relatively, like no, I don't. There's nothing, no secret ingredient to being fast. Yeah. But there are there are there are techniques and speed training that you can do to increase your speed. But for me, no, I've always naturally been uh, a fast guy.
0: And staying on um, the food topic, is there yeah. a diet? And That you do follow in the pre in the um, in during the season to keep fit, or do you just eat healthy like you said?
1: Yeah. No, I no, I so all through the year I generally try to eat as healthy as I can. There are moments where I do eat my cheesecake, as I told many people before. I love my cheesecake, but um, no, I re- even I actually eat healthier in the off season than I do the, than I do during the season. I feel like in the off season you're not playing as much, so you're not bringing all those calories. So I try to keep as healthy of a diet as I can. But in the season, you can get away with a little not-so-healthy meal here and there because you're burning it so fast, and you are going to work out again the next mm-hmm. day. So, yeah, no, relatively, I, you know, our nutritionist, she'll give us recommendations of what we could eat, but one thing she said, which was I think was really nice, was we eat so healthy all the time that, we don't, that we're able to get away with a cheat day once a week. It's okay. It doesn't hurt our body. You know, it's okay. So, taking took that, and obviously, you can take it whichever way you want. You can really use that, or you don't, but for me... No, I relatively just always be healthy, lean, lean diets, as I say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you were talking about your um, cheesecake.
1: Hmm.
0: You love strawberries in it, right?
1: Oh, yes. If there's no strawberries in it, I don't want it. Really? I, I'm not touching it. It has, it has to be strawberry cheesecake and strawberry shortcake. If there's no strawberries in it, don't even don't even give it to Durant. Don't even bother. You're wasting your time.
0: Is there a special ingredient other than the strawberries that you do use for strawberry cheesecake? And if you do, do you bake it yourself?
1: No. So if I were to bake it myself, I would set the house on fire. I I know that for sure. So don't trust me when it comes to baking. I can cook, though. I can cook a nice steak. I can do that. But baking, no. Nope. No, no, no. And it's actually funny. Right now, I'm actually drinking strawberry lemonade uh, juice. So it's actually, I just always need to have strawberries in everything. Whether I'm making yogurt. I just is my favorite thing to eat, actually. I think I realized that, like, last year. Really? I, love the strawberries. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I don't know where it came from, man. I just love strawberries. Is
0: strawberry cheese is strawberry cheesecake your favorite thing to eat with strawberries? Or do you, is it better to eat just plain strawberries? Mm. Or is it better to eat strawberries with something that you really like? like
1: Strawberry, no, strawberry I say strawberry with something. Yeah, okay. I, I, I do like strawberries alone, but it's always nice to have it with something.
0: Uh, is there other food that you really like um, other than strawberries?
1: Love my steak. Always mm. will love it. Love my shrimp. Love my lobster. I'm a big seafood guy.
0: Shrimp. Um Woo-hoo! Yeah,
1: those three things I, I, I can eat for the rest of my life. So, yeah, those three. I can eat those yeah. for the rest of my life.
0: I love steak, shrimp, and lobster also. And yeah,
1: with some garlic sauce. Oh, my gosh. You can't go wrong, man. You cannot go wrong with those three.
0: You're making me hungry.
1: <laughs> and you know what? I'm actually getting hungry, and I just ate like 40 minutes ago. Yeah, so I'm really hungry. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you. There's one documentary that's trending in all of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, The Last Stand. So have the you watched Last it? Because you had. Because yeah. you said that you like basketball. Yeah. Okay. I
1: watched it. Yeah.
0: So yeah. is MJ the best basketball player in the world?
1: LeBron <laughs> is the best. LeBron is the greatest. I need everyone to understand that and be on the same page as I am. LeBron mm-hmm. is the greatest basketball talent ever. He, and what
2: and what makes him what makes him better than, than MJ? So
1: the so the so the mindset MJ's better. MJ has that killer instinct. He has that. Yeah. Same thing with Kobe. That's why they were so they replicated each other. But in terms of natural talent, to be able to be 6'8", 270 pounds and dribble and be a point guard in the seventeenth year be the leading assist guy when you want ten or eleven assists a game, that's just talent. That's just that shows the GOAT mentality. He is the greatest of all time. He's on pace to be top five assists, he's on pace to be the leading scorer in the NBA history. You gotta give get get credit where credit's due. People are afraid to say LeBron's better than Michael, because I think people just want to say Michael's the best because it's just Michael. But LeBron is better. He's just naturally a better basketball player. That's how it is. And people need to accept that or they have a problem. They don't know sport. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. LeBron is the best. He is. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, is there anybody else that you do like in the last dance, though?
1: um i actually liked steve kerr a lot actually
0: okay
1: i actually like steve kerr a lot i like steve kerr uh i liked dennis rama i just like the way he was he's so different i like that so those two guys outside of michael and scotty because they were like the main guys of course yeah i'll say uh dennis and steve kerr
2: yeah i like some of those uh those rebounds, you know, where, yeah. where Rodman kind of tips it in and then yeah. goes into the chair, man, that, that was badass.
1: He can get he can get zero points and get, like, 25 rebounds. It's just like, yeah. wow. You know, it yeah. pays the millions, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, the thing that struck me about that is is Michael Jordan, he just seemed not really satisfied with anything, you know?
1: Yeah, well, you know what, though? Uh, the guy, Willington, wherever his last name was, he said that, you know, he probably wasn't that good of a teammate. But yeah. he did... You got to do what you got to do to win. And it's funny, Michael Jordan got emotional when he said if you don't like what he did or whatever, like, you know, you, then you don't have to play that way. So, mm-hmm. it, like, he did say when he has a price, and it does has a price. It has a big price. So yeah. you got to be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes. So I think that it, that should be for Not just for sport. That should for any kind of mindset you have. Just try yeah. to win your day as much as possible. And then you can say, I, you know, I achieved what I need to do. Whatever yeah. it took. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, and, and that's kind of like when you go on the field, you just kind of flip that switch and you're like, the Yeah, so that's, just... that's,
1: I think that's where it comes in. Now, I don't have the killer instinct like him. He's on a uh, level same so like a guy like Kobe Bryant, you know, but I, I it, that switch just comes out of nowhere. And like, it, it's not like when I step on the field, like I, it's there. It's, it's like some point, just like, it just goes on. I forget about everything. I forget about being this nice guy that everyone likes to talk about with Duran, but I just go into this other mindset that, even leading up to the game, I don't like to talk to people. I like to just uh-huh. keep it to myself. I don't like even talking to my teammates. So I just, it just has this switch. And then the, the moment the game's done, I go back to the guy I was before, you know? So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, that yeah. makes sense to me when you say that.
1: Yeah, it just, yeah. It just makes me focus more. It just, it's just a thing I just had growing up as a kid. It makes me focus. If I'm too nice, if I'm too... Try to make all these jokes, I actually don't play well. I actually never played well being that way, so I said, Okay, I do play it better when I'm really serious.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So. Okay.
2: so, rumor has it you're named after a famous 80s band
1: Duran Duran. Yes, yes. So uh, have, yeah.
0: Do you like them? And if you do, what's your favorite song?
1: I have never listened to them, believe or not. I am named after a famous band. I have never listened to one song. I think the one of the songs called "Hungry Like the Wolf" or "Cry Like the Wolf" or something like that. Yeah, yeah I think hungry it's "Hungry Like, like the Wolf." I mean, like yeah. Never I listened think I've to heard it
0: before. Like how no do
2: you like never before. listen to it if you're if you're if you're named after that? Because
1: it's, it's sad.
2: Like that. Like like do, like. Do you work hard to to not hear it? Like, no, you, I just, or, I or, never or like your parents didn't force you. Like Duran, yeah. like. You know your name. You gotta this, listen. The, no, like they, you gotta listen to this. Like we, yeah. we like, we like all the names in the universe, and we yeah. pulled this one. You better listen to no, the song, man. It's yeah, not good. No.
1: they never, they never just like said, oh, you have to listen to it. But it, I just yeah. never came across listening to them. You know, like yeah. even then, I like I heard they were a good band. But I just, I just never went on YouTube and typed in their song or one of their band songs. You know, I just, I never yeah. ran into, I never listened to them. No, I know they're good though. So I sorry, obviously I'll say that.
2: Yeah, I okay. tried to, yeah, never mind, because I tried to avoid Justin Bieber, like, because oh, yes. like, it, was, it was for years and years, and, I, and I, I probably had heard a song maybe in a mall, but I never yeah. knew if it was his or not, right. and then finally Jack, you know, saw some Christmas song, and his like oh, on yeah. Spotify, and, his, and, yeah, Jack, and then he hearts no. the song, and I'm like, Justin Bieber, I'm like, oh, I finally heard one now, now it's yeah. over, my
1: streak, yeah, so. no, I never, never, I never, never listened to a song. But you know what? Since you guys brought it up, I'm gonna to listen to a song. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to listen to one.
0: Me um, and my will be happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
2: <laughs> Good. Cool. Well, did you have any uh, last questions, Jack?
0: Um, I I did. Uh, I also hmm. wanted to talk about uh the clubs again because you've been to quite a few clubs in your career. Yeah. You've been to Portugal. You've been in Sigma. You've been mm. in Sigma and a lot and many others. Mm-hmm. Um, but what club do you think really took your game to the next level? Now there are a lot of stuff that could point into the mm-hmm. direction of TFC Academy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. Um, um,
0: but is but it one, that
1: the one club? Uh, you know what? I, I, it's. You know what? For me, it's between uh, TFC and Vaughn. And I know I was only at Vaughn for the one year. Unfortunately, I wish I was there longer. But you know, I was, I was with Sigma. But you know, it, it, Vaughn had it, this had a way of playing, expanding my game in one way, and the teams had it another way. So, but if I had to make the case, I think I have to say Patrice. And I'm not saying Vaughn. I have to say it, one particular man. It's Patrice because mm-hmm. what he did for me, and it wasn't even a full year actually. I just say the year because it, it was in 2019. But what he did for me playing a position I didn't want to play, for me, I, I told him once I signed, I said, I, will, I owe you my life, man. Because the, he, he actually, I, I, I thought I knew the game. But the stuff, like, I think what made it so good was, like, the fact that he let me play. And I said this before, he let me play. And, like, I, I've always said, as I get older, I actually fit best in a team or in a coach or for a system that allows me to play. Don't give me the X's and N's. Don't give me this. And I know. I know. And I'm not saying I know everything, but I know what I need to do to get the job done. So once we have that establishment, which is I'm that's what that right now, that's what Jeff is doing. Right now, mm-hmm. what Patrice did for me in 2019, last year, is what Jeff is doing right now. I'm not sure if he's doing it on purpose or that's just the way he is. I don't know. I've never had it for a long time. But what he's doing, what Patrice did for me, is what Jeff is doing right now. And I know I'm not the one talking to the future like that about my play, but I feel like the year I can have right now is going to be unbelievable. I think I'm, like, a lot of people are going to be like, wow, look at this guy, Durant. Because of a coach like Jeff, a coach like Patrice, they allowed me to play. There wasn't so much, like you know, like not so tight, just breathe, go play, go play, go play. So for me, yeah, I have to, not Vaughn, I have to say Patrice. It is Patrice. I have to say one man.
2: So in some ways, is it is it kind of like there are coaches that, that want to win in the here and now and that's their their kind of main goal and then there's some coaches mm. where they kind of see yes okay it's great to win but my ultimate goal is how can i make
0: these the players better like, this
2: player better help them kind of become a better player long
1: term that that is exactly jeff and patrice that is exactly that i jeff wants to win <laughs> you that's the main goal to win mm-hmm. but if you have a player under Jeff, or mm-hmm. like I say, Patrice, and that guy or that player goes to another level, it's gonna mm-hmm. come back to he came from that club, he came from that coach. Mm-hmm. So yes, winning is the ultimate goal, but developing is actually bigger. Because if I go to, let's just say, I go to Juventus, if I go to mm-hmm. Juventus, they're gonna look. I came from FC Edmonton under Jeff, so now Jeff's gonna give more recognition. Jeff's gonna get more attention, and now all these players I know want to play for Jeff Paulus. So, yes, you went, and let's say Everton finishes fifth in the table. They finished fifth in the table, but they had a player go to one of the biggest teams in the world. So, things like that, I feel like, was yeah. the reason why coaches become good. Because, yeah, they're not winning, but then they become successful in terms of developing. And next thing you know, because all these players want to play for them now, then they start winning because they took the development side of it first instead of the winning side. Yeah. And now they're doing what they're doing. So, yeah, I think that would be, for me, yeah, I think you got to be a coach that develops a player first before you yeah. win. Because it's not easy to win, so you might as well take the process as it comes. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's interesting to see
2: how the how the CPL will will develop. You know, in yeah. that in that regard, you know, yeah, um, as well. So
0: yeah, and yeah, it's cool. um, and if you ever became a coach, I think you'd be a developing coach first. But yes, I would. You, is that something in your long term future?
1: yeah i do want to become a coach uh, i don't know if i want to become a coach or more of a trainer to actually train mm-hmm. kids individually on their game mm-hmm. but uh yeah no coach is definitely uh in one of my goals that i want to be a coach or a scout maybe more of a scout yeah, i think i want to be a scout and develop the player or just like a personal trainer for players
2: you know jack trained with uh eddie johnson right
1: yes i saw that and you told me he went well right yeah. 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 See, that's something. That is something that we want to do.
0: I think it would be amazing if you would do it, cause the environment yeah. is what really made it so really amazing. Good.
1: And I think what makes yeah. it good too, you can teach the player about the field stuff, but you can also talk to him from a psychological standpoint of like how to expand mm-hmm. the game mentally. Yeah. Because it's actually the game is more mental than it's physical. Everybody can run. Everybody can jump. Everybody can kick a ball. Mm-hmm. So I think what it would kind of make a player grow is the psychological part. How can that player become better tactically aware in many positions, not just his position or her position? So things like that. So that's what I will say. That's what something I want to be. So something like yeah, I actually want to be like an Andy Johnson off the field and train. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have a few more questions for you. So I'm kind of going to kind of rapid fire at you. What has your favorite drill in quarantine be- been? Well, obviously you can't do it with the team, but what is your favorite personal drill being?
1: Uh, it's a it's a reaction drill. So you have four cones in the box, mm-hmm. and you're in the middle, and you have a, a, a friend or a player in front of you that passes the mm-hmm. ball, and you, you label the cone. So one, two, three, four, it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. you do one touch passing. Then once the ball is played back to you from the guy, you, he'll yell out, And if you go to three, you just quickly step to three, you come back in the middle, and you continue the one-touch passing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's kind of been my drill, my go-to drill since I've been in quarantine. So, yeah, yeah, that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. And you could
0: also do it with the wall, right?
1: Yes, you can also do it with the wall. Yep.
0: Yeah. Isn't the wall your best friend?
1: The wall is my best friend, but... As I got older, I said, okay, I can't really play with the wall too much. <laughs> I've I, I, I learned about that. So I'll just do keep us once in a while in the house. But most time, no, I don't, I don't do the wall too much anymore. So me and the wall, we're not best friends right now. Hopefully later on, maybe who knows. But yeah, right now we're not best friends.
0: Okay. So when do you think the CPL will be back?
1: I say July. July? I, and, I, and, I, and I can actually say now, I'm confident to say the season will happen. It'll be in July. Okay. Yeah, my thing is first week of July. We'll start. Cool. Okay. That's yeah.
2: something to look That's forward awesome. to. Yep. Yeah, yeah that is called. something. We'll get to see bombing up and down the left
1: side yeah. like uh yeah. like Alfonso so play, there. Get to go get to go back to the Wanderers Ground. No fans unfortunately, but Yeah, like it just it just feels good to say I can I can actually go and play these places now. Like it's gonna be official yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm excited to see those overlapping runs.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> I had to play on a grass pitch. Oh I need that. It's good for my legs, grass field. I hate turf. Well, oh, they have turf in Edmonton. Turf in Edmonton. They have turf in Valor, turf in uh, Forge. I think only grass is you, uh, York 9, and Calgary. Yeah. And then uh, and York 9 and you guys have the best grass.
0: The Wanderers Grounds does have really nice grass. But yeah. I want to go to all of the stadiums so I can see, like, all the stadiums up close. Yeah. But I'd like to see bigger stadiums as well in the CPL. You, like you where, where you got to be- go?
1: You've got to go to Winnipeg, Valor. You would Alex? love that. Oh, the okay. stadium is huge. Oh my. When that was my first game, I was like, wow, this is... They have, they have the best, like, I could say they have the best structure. Like, they have the best facility for a game. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Valor, is, wow. That's, it's amazing there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: And do you play FIFA?
1: Oh, I do. Not as much, but I'm still very good.
0: Okay, Xbox or PS4?
1: Ooh, let's go PS4. Okay. PS4. Favorite team to yeah. use? Uh, Man City or Barcelona.
0: And what are the cheat teams to use?
1: The cheat teams? Yeah. Liverpool. <laughs> Van Dyke is a cheat code in himself. You cannot get by that guy. Liverpool is a cheat code. Anyone that uses Liverpool, to me, they're not that good. Okay. They are a cheat code.
0: Yeah, I like to use Wolves.
1: Wolves? <laughs> okay, see, that's different. See, now I think you're really good because you're not using a team that everyone want to use. But his friend yeah. always
2: picks Liverpool. <laughs> oh, see okay. so that your friend, your friend is not good.
1: Doesn't matter if your friend beats you ten out of ten. If you use Liverpool, he's not good. Yeah. He's not good.
0: Um, is France a cheat team? Because a lot of people use France too. Yeah. The...
1: <laughs> France is – France. Is, if you use France, I'm sorry, Jack. You are not that good. France. No, is a cheat team. France Spain. and Liverpool are just fast. You know, good defenders. You know, that's a cheat team.
0: I use Spain for country. Use,
1: okay. See, or there Belgium. Belgium's good. Belgium, Spain, Man City, Barca, Arsenal. I like Arsenal too. No, Man U. I never touched Man U. Sorry. No, like them at all. Never. I don't think they're good at all. In yeah, I've, like
0: I've never touched them either. Yeah,
1: No, not a fan. They, ever since Toronto Ferguson left, they've been running downhill. Yeah. They've been, running. <laughs> they've been yeah. falling. <laughs> they've been, I think they made Champions League once or twice since he's been gone. Yeah. I think the one time or the second time was last year when they beat PSG. Well, no, no, the year before when the BPS and then they lost to Barcelona last year.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. my two last questions for you, and it's clear that you love soccer so much, so who are your favorite teams in the Bundesliga? And since June, because Bundesliga is on its second week now, yeah. and on June 8th, mm-hmm. La Liga is back, but who do you like in La Liga?
1: In La Liga is Barcelona and Valencia. Okay. Yeah, Barcelona. Why
0: Barcelona and Valencia?
1: Well, well for Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Tiki-taka? The Tiki-taka. Yeah, ever since when Guardiola was there, yeah, Tiki-taka. And then Valencia, they kind of play that too. Virial too, I like Virial a lot. The Yellow Somerians, they call them. I like them a lot. They play also good possession. Sandy Garzola, I'm a big fan of him. I love the way he plays. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, those three. I say those three, Virial and Barcelona and Valencia. Okay.
0: And what
1: um, about Bundesliga? Bundesliga, obvious one, is Bayern Munich. Um Dortmund and I do like I am a fan of Hoffenheim the way they press okay and Leipzig. so I for me top three would be for my two top two would be Dortmund and Bayern but I would slip in Leipzig in, in there as well
0: okay
1: yeah yeah big fan okay yeah.
0: Um. so you so I just finished my rapid fire I know that mm-hmm. I was kind of jumping all around there
2: no it's good it's um, fine I like it
0: well, that's good um, I like rapid fire too uh, but thank you so much Duran for um, joining us it's been an honor to talk with you and we wish FC Edmonton and you luck
1: um, no, in no. the CPL no thank you guys so much thank you guys so much I appreciate it and when the season starts because the season is going to start can't wait to be in Halifax
2: alright well thanks thanks Duran really appreciate yeah. you so much, uh, your time and good luck in this season the CPL we'll be yeah. uh, cheering you on uh, on the games that we uh, we see you at.
1: Yep, yeah. and keep in touch and make sure you guys stay safe for your mask and voice, yeah. please. You too. Okay, uh, thanks, Duran. Take care, guys. Okay, Okay,
0: thanks, Duran.